0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew starts a new sermon series entitled, Faith is the Victory. If you have your Bible with you, turn to Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Now here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew, with part one of the sermon series, Faith is the Victory. I will not abandon you. And so we believe in your promise that you are with us, that you are in us. The triune God is in us. This is your spiritual presence. But spiritual presence is not something unreal, it is real presence of God with us and in us and being in us you promise that you will reveal yourself to us and as your creatures, redeemed creatures there is no greater joy than to experience your revelation of yourself in your glory therefore O God help us to believe in you reveal yourself to us as we consider your infallible holy word which is spirit and which is life teach us what it means to believe in God and eliminate all heretical and erroneous ideas of faith help us to believe in jesus christ savingly even this day save your people for we pray in jesus name Amen. Amen. faith is the victory and i want to speak about what is biblical faith that is a definition of faith and then i'll speak about Our father's faith, that is Abraham, who is the father of all believers, the Bible says. And then we will touch on our faith. If faith is the only divine requirement for eternal salvation, it is imperative that we know from the scripture its true nature when the Philippian jailer in the middle of the night cried out what must I do to be saved Paul answered believe on the Lord Jesus Christ faith is only as strong as its object in which it is placed if you trust in idols your faith is worthless If you trust in man, your faith is useless. If you trust in yourself, your faith is hopeless. If you trust in money, your faith fails you. If you trust in circumstances, you will not be upheld. Faith is the attitude which rejects all dependence on oneself or on creation and relies only in God and his son Jesus Christ as we have observed before faith has three elements three aspects knowledge agreement trust so the bible says I believe fact there is content to faith. faith has to have facts. I believe that. That has to do with facts. Facts regarding the object of faith. The true and living God. But this is not enough. The devil knows facts. But he is not saved. Secondly, agreement one must agree with the facts concerning the true God as given in the scriptures yet we know this mental assent cannot save anyone even the demons believe and tremble in this manner so the third element is trust one must move beyond knowledge of God, facts. One must move beyond agreeing with the knowledge of God. One must personally trust this infinite personal God of the scriptures. This creator, redeemer, sovereign God. One must entrust oneself to this great being. One must entrust his past, his present, and his future to this triune God, that he may be eternally saved. One must deny himself completely. He must, so to speak, leave himself and be glued to the only Savior, Jesus Christ. True faith is trust. Confidence It is union with Jesus Christ Such a person is in Christ He abides in Christ and Christ abides in him Inseparably He rests completely upon the sure rock foundation of the living God He trusts in himself not the least degree nor does he trust in his shifting feelings he trusts in God alone and in his promises he trusts initially for salvation and he is declared righteous forever his sins are immediately forgiven and covered forever and he becomes a blessed man but he also trusts daily in the triune God and his promises faith therefore is a continuous exercise the justified person continues to repent And believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this faith. The only divine requirement. Is the characteristic of all the people of God. Old Testament times. New Testament times. And now. The writer to the Hebrews tells us. Without faith it is impossible to please God. Abraham is called the father of all believers. And we are told first time in Genesis 15:6, Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him for righteousness. This faith is not a dead faith. It is vital faith. It is living faith. It is saving faith it is a persevering faith it is an obedient faith in fact God calls sinners to the obedience of faith through the proclamation of the gospel it is a faith that works it is a faith that obeys God we are told by faith Abraham obeyed James, the Lord's brother, tells us, As the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without deeds is dead. This saving faith works through love. If this kind of faith is what is required for our eternal salvation, then the question is, how can a sinful man produce such a faith? Sinful, depraved man cannot have this faith. In fact, with man, to believe is impossible. And yet it is the condition for our salvation. God alone is able to do the what is impossible with us. With God, all things are possible. God alone is able to justify the ungodly. How? By regenerating him And creating in him this vital faith God requires So saving faith Is a gift of God The sinner brings to God only All his sins and depravity God the mighty savior redeems him From all his sins The publican cries out, Have mercy upon me, the sinner. God justifies him, not counting his sins against him. But of course we understand, counting his sins against Christ, who was delivered over to death, death of the cross for our sins, and was raised to life from the dead for our justification. So a true believer in saving faith, trust God, he commits himself to all that God is and all that God has done and all that God will do. A God who cannot lie, a God who does not change, a God who is omnipotent. Secondly, let's look at the faith of our father Abraham. Abraham is called the father of all believers, Jews and Gentiles. I am the son of Abraham. And you are sons and daughters of Abraham. They are the sons of Abraham who believe the way Abraham believed. So Abraham is called the father of all believers and we are told in Romans 4 verse 12 all believers are to walk in the footsteps of the faith of Abraham that is he, we must believe the way he believed so it is important to find out how he believed what was the nature of his faith footsteps number one of course is his calling, the calling of Abraham while Abraham was an idolater one who suppressed truth and exchanged truth for a lie, one who refused to glorify God, we are told the God of glory appeared to him in Mesopotamia. And he commanded him to leave his country and his people and his father's house and to go to a country which I will show to you. Abraham the sinner did not seek God. The God of glory sought him and found him. And it is true of all of us, we didn't seek God. He sought us and he found us. And He promised him seven things. I will show you the land. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And I will give this land to your offspring. God taking initiative. God blessing. And what was Abraham's response? Writer to the Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 11 verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed and went. That is saving faith, obedient faith, living faith, vital faith. Faith that works. Faith that responds to God in joyful, instant and exact obedience. To negate obedience from faith is to teach heresy. God called him effectually and he responded in faith and obeyed. In other words, Abraham was regenerated and justified at this point. Because saving faith, obedient faith, according to the Bible, is the fruit of regeneration. At this point, Abraham ceased to be an idolater. He became a worshiper of the God of glory. And he became a friend of God. he left the country people and his father's house let me tell you this was a great sacrifice Yet this city man became a nomad and he came to Canaan because he believed God he obeyed his call he became a follower of God a true disciple we all are called to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him the same call we also receive step number two he became a pilgrim in Canaan as an alien he dwelt in tents in Canaan he refused to go back to Mesopotamia his own country because that was not the will of God that would be an act of unbelief turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 look at verse 9 by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country he lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God look at verse 15 if they had been thinking of the country they had left they would have had opportunity to return instead they were longing for a better country a heavenly one He lived in Canaan by faith, because that was the will of God. By faith in the God of glory, he stayed there, though he did not inherit any land. The third step of faith is the birth of Isaac. God promised children, countless like the stars in midnight sky, And we are told that Abraham believed the Lord. And then again the Lord appeared to him in Genesis 17 and promised him that Abraham would become father of many nations. He promised that old Abraham, old Sarah would have a son. But the question is how can this be? Yet Abraham believed God's promise. me tell you faith is not subjective feeling. A lot of you probably came from drug culture. You're always looking for feeling. But that's not what faith is. Faith is not resting in circumstances either. Faith is not man-centered. Faith lays hold of God alone lays hold of God's promises. Faith looks to the naked bare word of God. Bless nothing. God said it. God promised. I believe it. That settles the issue. A God who is infinite, personal, creator, redeemer, most holy God. A God who cannot lie and who does not change like the shifting shadows what he promises he fulfills And so saint paul tells us in second corinthians chapter one for no matter how many promises god has made they are all yes in christ not yes and no yes 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 if i said it yes He promised us necessities of life. Isn't that true? It is he who gave us the body. He promised us eternal life. He promised us guidance. And he says to these, yes, 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 yes. He promised to Abraham offspring and land. And he says, yes, yes, yes. I promised it. And I'll do it. What about the circumstances? They are no good. Abraham's body is dead. It cannot procreate. Sarah's body is also dead. She never bore and she now she cannot bear any child. He is ninety nine and he is, she is ninety. And not only that, they have not heard of any such story in history either, to encourage them in their faith. Humanly speaking, everything is against hope. The case of this couple, humanly speaking, is hopeless. Look at verse 18, against all hope. Speaking humanly, against all hope. But Abraham is not trusting in his body, or in his wife's body. Abraham was realistic. Faith has nothing to do with optimistic self-deception. He faced squarely the reality of the deadness of his body, and his wife's body. They were living with it, daily. But in hope, Abraham believed that is hope in God. Against all hope as far as man is concerned, he believed on the basis of hope, we are told. He believed on the basis of hope as far as God is concerned. His faith was not in himself, nor in his miserable circumstances. His faith was in God with man it is impossible but with God all things are possible is there anything too hard for the Lord he spoke to Sarah he believed in God our father Abraham look at verse 70 he is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed and then there is the description of this God the God who gives life to the dead And calls things That are not as though they were This is his faith God who gives life to the dead Ezekiel saw A valley of dry bones The question is Can't these dry bones live And he said I don't know And God said they will live and God gave them life. The bleached bones rises up like an army by the supernatural work of a supernatural God. Abraham believed in that God. Also a God who calls into existence things that are not us, though they are. Let there be light. There was light. Let there be stars. There were stars. He called into existence the universe out of nothing. Had Abraham trusted in himself, he would have weakened in his faith and fallen away. He would have doubted God and his promise. No, he fixed his eyes on God. He trusted in God's promise despite the death of his own body, despite the circumstances. You could imagine, he told himself, This God of glory is the true and living God. This God alone can give life to the dead. This God is almighty who creates out of nothing whatever he wants to create. He brings life out of dry, bleached bones. He created the universe, and not only he sustains the universe. As he trusted God and his promise, we are told Abraham was strengthened. He grew strong in his faith. You look to yourself, you grow weak, and you look to God, you grow strong in your faith. You look to yourself, you fear. You look to yourself, you are anxious. You look to yourself, you are miserable. You look to yourself, you complain. But you look to God. You are encouraged, you are built up, you are edified. And you encourage other people. Look to ourselves, we grow weak. Look to circumstances, we stagger and fall. Look to God alone, we are strengthened. We grow strong in faith and we praise God. He says he gave glory to God. Even before deliverance comes. Answers to our prayer comes. Hallelujah. Because we know God will fulfill what he has promised. We know who he is. And we know what he can do. And we know what he has done. And so we are told here. Abraham received full conviction. Verse 21 being fully persuaded, absolute conviction. We receive full conviction as we meditate on God, conviction that God is able and that God has power to do what he has promised brothers and sisters this god has saved us this god is saving us and this god will save us on the last day and you know the story god gave him isaac in his old age and through isaac the nations the fourth step of course is the sacrifice of isaac now isaac is a teenager And we are told in Genesis 22. God tested Abraham. That is Abraham's faith. And this God demanded. That Abraham sacrifice Isaac. For a burnt offering to God. And Abraham is now in a dilemma. He is between a rock and a hard place. On the one hand. God promised in Isaac all the families of the earth be blessed. God promised nations to come to Isaac. This means Isaac must grow up, must marry and have children. Through Isaac, Abraham is to have children like stars in the sky. But on the other hand, this same God who gave Isaac now demands that Isaac be offered as a holocaust. A whole burnt offering in worship to God the question is the trial of faith is this if Isaac is killed and burned up how can God's promise of a multitude of offspring to Abraham be fulfilled how can the whole families of the earth be blessed through his seed And not only that, he has no historical record of anyone being raised up from the ashes to encourage him. Everything is against him. So he argues within himself. If God is true, if God does not lie, if God is immutable, there is a solution to this dilemma. What is that solution? And that solution is given in verse 17 that God in whom he trusted is one who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that are not as though they were. The solution came to him, his mind, by divine revelation before sacrifice took place. And it is revealed in Genesis 22 and verse 5. Here is the utterance of faith. Abraham said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. Then notice, we will worship and then we will come back to you. And right to the Hebrews, let's turn to Hebrews 11, says this from that portion of scripture, the reasoning that went into his mind, Hebrews 11 beginning at verse 17, take a look at, by faith Abraham when God tested him offered Isaac a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, "It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned." And now, verse 19, Abraham reasoned, "You know, don't don't sacrifice your mind and reasoning ability. That is sanctified reason, I think, modern." church is a a church that abandoned reasoning and has sunk into mysticism subjectivism Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead that God must raise this Isaac from the ashes in order that through him God's promises could be fulfilled. That's faith. Not in his subjectivism, but the objective God and his infallible word. This is our faith. One day we as Christians are going to die. If he comes today. As we are about to die, our faith is tried. What is going to happen to me? Is this the end? Am I like a falling tree? Am I like a dog who is run over by a truck? Or am I going to the presence of God to enjoy greater blessing? Will I be clothed with a spiritual body like unto the body of Christ? If we are regenerated by the Spirit of God, He will grant us that saving faith that faith of abraham to believe in our god who is able to do what he has promised us in his word and we will believe and god will send his angels to take you to the presence of god jesus our redeemer will welcome us as he welcomed saint stephen and we shall be filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory in the presence of god And his holy angels. And in the presence of the spirits of just men made perfect. Thirdly, what about our faith? We are the children of Abraham. As Abraham believed, we believe and are saved. Let me read from verse 23 and 24 and 25 this is why it was credited to him as righteousness the words it was credited to him that is Abraham were written not for him alone but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness that God will save, God will justify, God will forgive all sins for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification have you believed in God as Abraham believed God who gives life to the dead and who calls things that are not as though they were God who caused an old dead couple to have a son Isaac God who raised Isaac from the dead figuratively speaking God who has the power to do what he promised and beyond that do you believe in the true and living God the God of Abraham the God of glory who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead and who was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification? Have you trusted savingly in this God of glory? Have you trusted savingly in His Son, the only Savior and Redeemer sent from heaven? Can you say with all confidence, Jesus Christ died for my sins. And Jesus Christ was raised for my justification. And you say now my sins have been forgiven. Jesus took all my sins away from me. He has given me the robe of his righteousness credited to me, imputed to me. This double transaction he took our sins and we are given his unimpeachable divine righteousness in which I can approach God and He will embrace me. I am reconciled to God. I have peace with God. Can you say that? I have eternal life. I commune with God and He communes with me. I live by faith, hope and love. I am am unafraid of the future. Because I committed to him my past and my present and my future. I abide in Christ. And he abides with me. Nothing. Even death cannot separate me. From this love of God. Faith in God is the victory that overcomes the world. Rejoice, Jesus said rejoice I have overcome the world and by faith in him we have overcome the world and we will overcome the world Jesus said do not let your hearts be troubled trust in God trust also in me he said cast all your cares upon God the object of your trust for he cares for you now and forever In Jeremiah 29 verse 11 we read for I know the plans I have for you if you don't have any plan God has a plan for you (laughs) if you don't have any plan well come into that plan for I know the plans I have for you An eternal plan. Plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. Plans to save you. In other words. Plans to give you eternal life. Plans to bring you home. With God. Plans to give you hope. And a future. And Jeremiah 32 verse 41. An important verse. It says this. God is speaking, I will rejoice in doing them good with all my heart. The total commitment of the Triune God is to do you good. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to believe in the Father, Son and the Holy Ghost the great object of our faith, that we may live in hope, in victory, this day and always. Amen. You have been listening to the series entitled Faith is a Victory. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching.